0: Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
1: The Bob Seska Show.
2: Bob Seska. Not great, Bob. But the Bob Seska Show.
3: From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, October 25, 2022. This is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 644 of the Biden Harris administration, 14 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSesca, Twitter, BobSesca underscore go, and our Patreon is BobSescashow.com. Plus, you can follow Buzz Burbank at Michael J. Elston on Twitter, link in the description. And look,
1: he's sitting right over there.
3: All
2: right.
0: You said it all. (laughs)
1: hi oh man I'm excited I-, I just received a pardon for last week's monologue <laughs> nice I, re- I realize that's an admission of guilt uh... <laughs> hi everybody uh, he's he's Bob I'm Buzz and we're both now in the running for British Prime Minister <laughs> uh, ha- have you scanned the headlines lately mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. man things are dark uh, if-, if things get any darker it's gonna be a streaming series. <laughs> And finally, finally, Adidas finally got around to firing the anti-Semitic Kanye West. Yes. Now, this is an important lesson. If you're going to kick somebody to the curb, you want to have good arch support. <laughs> I hear some of the airlines are uh, canceling some of their flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say Ron DeSantis has been cutting into their business. <laughs> More, more nonstops daily. Uh, the the bad news is uh, Hurricane Ian has caused a rise in flesh eating bacteria.
3: Ew, ew, now, David. The
1: really bad news. Uh, it keeps spitting out the Republicans. So, <laughs> what good is it really? Uh, uh, this, com- this coming Monday, finally, it's here. This coming Monday, Halloween is finally upon us, yeah. and, and you know what that means. Time to dig up Ivana. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, Gross.
1: Uh, and Lindsey Graham this week asked the Supreme Court not to make him testify about the election interference in Georgia. Jesus. Uh, the senator believes certain things should not be revealed. Plus that whole election interference thing.
3: <laughs>
2: oh,
3: here comes Rocky Mountain
1: Mike kicking off
3: a brand new week on the show. Here we go.
1: I hear the Trump's fuming again tonight. But he has only bitches about the workings of our nation.
4: He's given us an awful fright. His big fat lips, they say
2: words that make me wanna try starvation. (laughs) He's just an old man who's in the way.
1: I'm hoping they'll find his older tax returns or ancient tapes
2: of BB. (laughs) Lordy, please. I want to turn to him and say, Prison boy, it's waiting there for you.
5: your crooked
2: congressman could ever do <laughs> Just take your pain out of America Gonna take some
3: time to get some things we never had Oh yeah, Yay. Rocky Mountain Mike, that's a brand new version of that song. Fresh. Yeah, yeah. I think this has to do with Trump Force 1. I, yes, that could clearly. be it.
1: Yeah. He mentioned his yeah. plane absolutely.
3: Oh, there were still some more words in there.
1: Sorry, <laughs> right, Mike. Rocky
3: MNTN and Mike on Twitter. Uh, how are you? How's it I'm going? Well, yeah, right, I'm well, thank you. I'm
1: very, very well. And you?
3: I'm doing okay. I'm yeah. feeling optimistic this week. And good. that's a good thing cuz I think last week and, in fact, I heard about it from some of our Patreon subscribers. Oh, my God, Bob, you were so grim and and uh, Debbie Downer on the show last week. <laughs> wow. But you know what? We keep it real here. If we're feeling like things yeah. are moving in the wrong direction, we're, we're going like to give it to you way. straight. We're not going to candy coat anything. So that's the, uh, yeah. that's well, the it, thing. Just
1: like, just like the people listening to us, we have ups and downs, you yes. know. And, and there are reasons that things happen, as you know, in the news that make mm-hmm. us up or down and we we we've been up and down a lot lately it's been it's been a roller coaster for the oh, last yeah. 7 years now oh yeah uh but but uh, i th- i think i would describe myself as hopeful uh, mm-hmm. but nervous i'm mm-hmm. i'm nervous and hopeful those are the words yeah. i would describe i can't I wish I could be more optimistic, especially from my vantage point here in Florida. Yeah, uh, <laughs> because I think uh, the the campaigns that I have poured so much money and support into are going to lose, and uh, and and I'm very disheartened about that, and uh, a bit disillusioned, and and feeling a bit hopeless about that. But that's just Florida. We're st- the struggle is still underway here, <laughs> and I want to assure the rest of the country that there are lots of Democrats here. I, we ran into a lady yesterday. Uh, who uh, we we saw the Santa? I'm sorry, we saw a, a Charlie Crist sticker on her car, and so uh, Marcia says something to the lady like, you know, thanks for that or whatever, and a discussion among the three of us ensued, and we she pointed out that just under the uh, Charlie Crist sticker on her car was where someone had keyed her car, Classic. It, which just un- just underscores the meanness and destructive nature of. Red hats uh, and and a reminder of what we are surrounded by here. but I want to assure the rest of the country, that 40% of us are Democrats. Please go easy on
3: us. (laughs) Well, here's something fun you can do if you see a guy in traffic with a Ron DeSantis bumper sticker on his car. You pull up alongside him at the stoplight and you roll down your window and you sort of do the gesture for having to have him roll down his window. And what you do is you you shout over to him, hey, some prankster put a DeSantis bumper sticker on your car.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. I can't speak for the rest of the country, but down here in Florida, that could get you shot. So, uh,
6: <laughs> thank you, I mean, Florida.
1: It's it's a reminder. The keying of, of the car underneath the uh, Chris sticker is a reminder of of just how nasty it is out there, yeah. and just how just how angry the opposition is. Uh, their anger is different from ours, I think. Uh, there there are reasons, though, to be optimistic uh, from yes. a national standpoint. Good Lord, yes. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I am I'm hopeful and nervous. That's yeah. where I
3: am. Well, here's a couple of reasons for you. First of all, the Trump Organization okay. criminal trial has begun. They're in jury selection right now. It's not going to be something that's going to zip on by. This will be something that we can actually watch and savor because, once again, it's in the journey with a lot of these things. As long as Trump is shitting his pants and stressed out about some sort of legal peril, that's Mm -hmm. great by me irrespective of whether he's ultimately found liable or convicted, it's about the stress that he has to go through. That's well, fun for we, me.
1: We could, Well, it is, and we can certainly be happy about that. My focus is on this election that's coming up in, well, what is it, a couple of weeks? Yeah, now? two
3: weeks from today. In fact, yeah. uh, record breaking early turnout. That's something yes, else to look that's forward good. to. that's good. MAGA voter intimidation has been caught on camera. They're policing this now. I mm-hmm. imagine at some point the FBI may step in to help police so. some of these things. They they I, should. I saw
1: that. I saw the paramilitary uniforms and mm-hmm. the guns. Yeah, I saw yep.
3: it. Uh, Ted Cruz got booed out of New York City.
1: Uh, Marco <laughs> Rubio
3: got caught no, in a lie fun. defending his neo-Nazi canvasser. I mean, there's lots mm-hmm. of things to uh, be excited about. Cautiously optimistic about. I, I would say that that's, that's the best true. way to describe my mood. It's Cautiously you know, it's, optimistic.
1: It's funny, the, the different kinds of uh, concern you hear from progressives around the country. People in blue states worry that their vote doesn't count because it's, uh, you know, their state, California, I'm talking about California here, yeah. their state is a foregone conclusion. A lot of Democrats say, well, you know, I, I I voted, but I don't know what difference it'll make because we're, you know, already solidly blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does make a difference. And then uh, likewise, there are people in states, red states like this one, Florida, yeah. where uh Democrats are are still voting. They're still trying, even though they know there's not an iceberg chance in hell of beating the system that's set up here. And Democrats aren't losing on the issues, in my opinion. They're losing because of extreme gerrymandering, extreme cheating, uh, especially under Ron DeSantis. Uh, Charlie Christa will get to this, but pointed out the vote denialism of of DeSantis. uh, Regarding Trump, I can only hope that his discouragement of Republican voters by saying the system is rigged and that this election is rigged. Uh, I can only hope that he is discouraging Republicans from voting. I don't know if it's working yeah. uh, for us or not, but uh, it's, it's something that that we could be optimistic about if it's working.
3: The other thing that I'm noticing, too, that I find immensely frustrating, and this may be one of the things that we're running up against, one of the impediments right. along the way right. toward retaining some sort of majority in Congress, And that is that there's this feedback loop with the political news media. There's a whole lot of reporting on what voters think. Uh on poll results and, of course, the usual thing that we see where reporters go into predominantly red districts and they talk to people in the diners and so on. Voter X says, I'm pissed off about gas prices because of Joe Biden. And what happens is, though, the press says, okay, voters are pissed off about inflation and they're blaming Joe Biden. Then voters read that and think, okay, We're supposed to blame Joe Biden if we're pissed off about inflation and gas prices. And then the loop keeps going and going and going. That is not, to me, that's not a valid peg for a story. The story should be, the story about inflation should be why it's happening, how it can be solved. Right. And and what it is in the first place. And that's the story. It's not, you don't want that's... to continuously report on the ridiculous, half baked biases of just average, low information voters milling around in the streets. It's just a ridiculous way to go about your journalism.
1: Well, that's what the media should be doing. That's what they should be reporting. But, Bob, uh, that kind of information is boring. It's not nearly as exciting. No, <laughs> I know. It I doesn't know. grab people's attention the way this yeah. other stuff does. And and what you also just correctly pointed out was the worst aspect of this loop. Yes, there is a loop, and the worst thing about it is it's incomplete and inaccurate. The story that's being looped is incomplete. You're not mm-hmm. hearing the whole picture, and it's distorted. It's a distorted picture as well. Yeah. So it's, it's not all... All there and it's not all true. Mm-hmm. In fact, sometimes it's uh, the opposite of the truth because it doesn't include all of the truth. It's it's a lie by omission at yeah. that point. And and uh, this is the job of the news media is to report the things the uh, the things you listed there, the actual facts of the matter, why it exists and and all of that and where it exists, mm-hmm. all of those things. But again, the media finds that is afraid that would be too boring for the audience. Yeah, and so they go with something more attention grabbing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like these stories, they keep looping
3: Yeah, uh, we were getting scolded on Twitter By some reporters who were like Hey, you know what? You don't want to diminish the opinions of voters When they say gas prices are more important Than, you know, preserving democracy First of all, I don't run the DNC I don't run the Democratic Party. I don't run any campaigns. It's up to the campaigns to lump in the issues and speak to people's biases and concerns. It's my role to say, here's the priorities as I see them. Number one priority has got to be, and this is an ongoing given, climate crisis. Just make that the top thing. And then everything below it, uh, starting with saving democracy, uh, restoring some semblance of stability to our government and to our elections. These are all things that are high priorities. Gas prices are going to get resolved. Inflation is going to get resolved. In fact, speaking of inflation, we have some really great news today out of the Mm -hmm. International Monetary Fund, the IMF, predicts a significant drop in inflation within the next year Mm -hmm. inside the United States. Major drop in U.S. inflation is coming, according to the IMF, as well as the fixed income markets. IMF forecasts U.S. inflation back to normal levels around 2% annually within a year. Markets predicting biggest drop in inflation since 2008. Jesus. Jesus.
1: I know, but the media isn't reporting that. They're reporting, hey, gas prices are high. They keep repeating the high gas prices and the high grocery prices Mm -hmm. uh, and they they are not reporting this news. And so, as wonderful as this news is, and as true as it likely is, uh, I'm afraid it comes too little too late and that that it won't get through. I mean, it's our job to keep hammering it, especially between now and and Election Day. I I think we have to try, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a good thing to keep putting out there. In fact, I'd recommend that uh, our Listeners, run with that. Oh, yeah. Uh, That that we are looking at a return to normal, a return to normal 2% inflation. Yep. Uh, While still reminding people that this is not the only country that has it. And in fact, uh, of uh, most of the industrial countries, uh, the United States has a lower rate of inflation uh, than the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, perhaps we can thank Joe Biden for that. Plus, couple
3: it with the notion that the only Republican economic plan is to block the raising of the debt ceiling, which would create an economic calamity for the United States that would make Mm -hmm. gas prices look orgasmic by comparison. That is the only thing that the Republicans have proposed
1: about the economy. uh, Right, and the reason they proposed it, that's a bargaining chip. What they're saying, what the Republicans are saying here is we'll shut this mother down if you don't make cuts in Medicare and Social Security. Yep, That's what this is about. The Republicans have generated this to use as leverage to shut down the government and cause economic chaos, Mm -hmm. cause the government to default on its loans, to lose its great credit rating. The Republicans are willing to trash all of that if they don't get their cuts in Medicare and Social Security. That's right. Which is why I posted yesterday the Republican plan, in quotes, to fix, in quotes, the economy is to cut Social Security and Medicare. And I think we need to to keep hammering at those things.
3: Well, two so things. We've given, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, we've we've got some good tools here to mm-hmm. use. Uh, we don't have a lot of time to use them, but uh, the, the fact that the where the economy is headed, that two percent prediction, the fact that we're lower than the rest of the world, uh, and and uh, you know the the fact that things are economically are better. ...than the media is making it out to be. It's our job. It's on us, as I reminded you last week, to uh, get out that word uh, between now and through Election Day.
3: So swing voters are thinking about punishing the Democrats because they're pissed off about gas prices. And the punishment is to elect Republicans who want to do one of two things. Either Mm -hmm. cut Social Security and Medicare... Mm -hmm. or default on our debt, which would cause an economic meltdown inside the United States. So there's your choice. You either have competent Democrats doing what they can for a Mm -hmm. problem that's really being driven by global markets, and which the presidency and Congress really can't do much about when it comes to inflation. All right, so you have that. You have the Democrats. Mm -hmm. That's choice number one. Choice number two kill Social Security and Medicare, or default our debt, melting right. down the economy. That's exactly. your choice. And to go with and the Republican side of that, Trumpism and all of that insane bullshit aside, that is an easy choice to make as far as I'm concerned.
1: And because we cannot count on our scattered media, uh-huh. it's on you and me and Bob to get out and to keep getting out these words here yeah. uh, between now and through Election Day.
3: Exactly. So... Let's talk about Florida. Let's talk about the (laughs) gubernatorial debate last night between Ron DeSantis and Charlie Crist. I don't think there was any contest here. This was a Charlie Crist victory across the board. He is going to get a bounce from this, maybe a couple of percentage points, maybe just one percentage point. But guess what? Mm. One percentage point is how elections are decided these days, and I, so that matters. The performance last night by Charlie Crist
1: matters. I think he did everything he needed to do, everything you would want him to do, everything he was supposed to do, and I think he did it very well.
3: the The big takeaway moment from last night's uh-huh. debate right. was Charlie Crist painting Ron DeSantis into a corner, and DeSantis just mm. freezing. Yes. I mean, that's the KO. Now, that's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's play this moment because it's fun and it's funny and it reminds me of something from the Brady Bunch. We'll get okay, to that, let, get let, to that in a
1: Yeah, I, I had fun live tweeting uh, uh, coverage of the Chris DeSantis debate last night yeah. and it, it's a pretty fast read. Uh, the Chris DeSantis debate has begun to a raucous crowd. It's being moderated by conservative Sinclair Broadcasting. Uh, And then this all of this won't be in order. Uh, Governor DeSantis wins a round of booze at his debate with Charlie Crist after blaming Biden for high gas prices. Right. Charlie. Charlie Crist hits DeSantis for poor hurricane preparation, doubled property tax rates and for focusing on a presidential run. That's a that's a good uh, that was an excellent hit by Crist. DeSantis blames local leaders for any lack of preparation for Hurricane Ian. He backpedaled right after that, but he did do that. Mm. Uh, DeSantis calls Chris a worn out old donkey, and I think that's where we, maybe we're up to the tape
3: now. Yeah, let's play uh, Ron DeSantis calling Chris a worn out old donkey. Here we go. Only
6: uh, worn out old donkey I'm looking to put out the pasture is Charlie Chris.
7: <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Look, Ron, we know you love to bully people, and the little uh. name calling you just exchanged, I can take it. But you shouldn't do it when children are standing behind you at a press conference and they're wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. He's good. Yeah. He's good. But yeah. apparently that's your nature and that's too bad. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, that's a full Trumpism thing that DeSantis mm-hmm. did right there, going with the name calling, because that's right. the childish form of politics that they play but with. And, th- and
1: The base loves that.
3: Yeah, I thought Charlie we- Crist was, again, speaking to the normals, which is the only thing you really can do in the face of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the best you can do. Uh, yeah. We, in our exchange with the Crist supporter in a parking lot yesterday, we all agreed that cruelty was, in fact, the point. Right, right. Uh, it, also, in my coverage, uh, Chris Crist blames DeSantis for the exodus of more than 9,000 teachers from the state of Florida. Wow. And he, he tied it to critical race theory and the pandemic and a number of other things DeSantis' is handling thereof. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris d- repeats DeSantis' support for taking away a woman's right to choose. Chris opened with this and he, he pounded it again and again. As any good voting Democrat would want him to do, uh, Chris uh, would not let up on taking on uh, DeSantis' support for taking away a woman's right to choose. In a discussion of critical race theory. DeSantis says it's not true that the country was built on stolen land.
3: <laughs> That's a gigantic lie.
1: I think there's a, there's some Seminole folk here in Florida that would take issue. Who would take issue with that?
3: Absolutely. Even the like the old school history. Talk right. about that. This isn't some sort of woke history we're talking about. I mean, right. we learned in second grade that in come the pilgrims and in come the, you know, the Europeans and they took all the land from the Native Americans. That's always been the thing.
1: Uh, a spectator shouts liar when Ron DeSantis falsely claims that a 15-week-old fetus sucks its thumb. Earlier in the debate, DeSantis refused to say whether he would serve an—and this was the big one— uh, Desantis refused to say whether he'd serve an entire four-year gubernatorial term without abandoning it for a presidential run. Okay, that was a that was the KO moment for Charlie Crist.
3: Yeah, let's talk about uh, Ron DeSantis's Baton Rouge moment, Marsha. Baton
2: Rouge, Baton Rouge. <laughs>
3: Those of you who've seen the Brady Bunch know exactly what I'm talking about. There was an episode of the Brady Bunch where Cindy Brady gets selected to go on a quiz show for children, Dude. and she gets a big head about her. She gets like a celebrity ego on her, like she's the greatest and she thinks she's awesome. And and then she actually goes on the show and they ask her the question. I think the question was, what's the capital of Louisiana? And she looks into the camera and totally freezes, exactly like Ron DeSantis last night. And then at home, Marsha's watching and she says,
2: Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, trying to
7: give her, <laughs> trying to coax her with the answer. Ron, you talk about Joe Biden a lot. I understand. You think you're going to be running against him. I can see how you might get confused, but you're running for governor. <laughs> you're running for governor. And I have a question for you. You're running for governor. Why don't you look in the eyes of the people of the state of Florida and say to them, if you're re-elected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Staring. Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? It's It's not a tough question. It's a fair question. He won't tell you.
3: (laughs) That reminds me of, I knew Jack Kennedy. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. You, Senator, are no Jack Kennedy from that it 1988 uh, Benson-Quayle debate. Remember that? Yeah,
1: yeah. It was. I do, and and that was historic. I mean, he had him on the ropes, and and Chris just kept pummeling him. Yeah, let's. Uh, <laughs> that
7: was excellent.
3: Let's play this again. I want to hear the the uh, pregnant pause one more time here.
7: And say to them, if you're reelected, you will serve a full four-year term as governor. Yes or no? Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Yes or no, Ron? Will you serve a full four-year term if you're re-elected governor of Florida? Baton
2: Rouge. It's not a tough Baton question.
7: Rouge. It's a fair question. He won't tell you.
3: I, I laughed so hard I pulled my uh, headphones out of the track.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was a dramatic effect.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh, the moment that will be captured, I think, in a thousand different campaign ads between now and and two weeks from now, I I hope at least, because that's the kind of politics that needs to be played with this modern Republican Party. There's no other option here. You know, you go at a Republican with some in in this sort of context, go at them with some sort of policy debate. That's going to fail. What you need to do is humiliate them. Bait them into a position exactly like Charlie Chris just did with Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He yeah. fell apart like a house of cards. It was an amazing thing to behold. Yeah, he froze. He, he was yeah. frozen.
1: I mean, yeah. it's it's even better to see him. But as Bob said, you can just tell from the, the pauses that he is frozen at that moment. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a half smile that he's frozen into, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, no, no reply at all, as Phil Collins would say.
3: Yes. And guess what else? You know the theory that I've been talking about for the last, I don't know, month or so, the Fred Thompson effect when it comes to Ron DeSantis, where I theorized a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. that as soon as Ron DeSantis entered the national stage, I mean, so much of what he does right now is is more or less confined to Florida. I don't think people in Iowa or New Hampshire or South Carolina are, are really paying a whole lot of attention to Ron DeSantis as a campaigner. I think they see him doing shitty things in Florida and maybe they like him because of that. Mm -hmm, But as soon as he hits that national platform, as soon as he hits the debate stage, along with the other 842 Republicans who are going to run for president next year, they're going to discover that he's not the guy they thought he was, that he's a walking, talking meatball who has a thin, tiny man voice He's got a little like, a, like an 11-year-old boy's voice, and he doesn't yeah, have the sure. charisma. I mean, everyone's sort of anointing right. him as heir apparent to Donald Trump. He doesn't have any of the qualities that Donald Trump possesses other than the racism and other than the name-calling, some of the basest of bullying, the Trump yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. But and Donald Trump has a charisma that is undeniable. I'm not saying that's a well, good thing as far as values go. I'm just saying... That's how Donald Trump has been able to build the following that he has through that charismatic behavior. That's a, a, a very much like a faith healer or a televangelist. And you know what I noticed too is that after watching last night's debate, there are some people whose opinions I respect very much who are starting to agree with me about Ron DeSantis and how he's going to hit the national mm-hmm. stage like a deflating so. balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. You, Just- <laughs> more so
1: after after last after last night, even yeah. there are even more people in that camp, and I totally understand that. <laughs> right. I, said, I don't want I to get overconfident about any of this stuff.
3: Wajahat Ali, who's been on the show several oh, times, okay. I love Wajahat, mm. he said uh, last night, DeSantis is not a national player based on tonight's debate. I know MAGA yep. donors think he is, but he's going to wilt under those bright lights in 2024. Can't wait for him to be exposed to actual pressure. Can he win? Absolutely, especially with a thoroughly corrupt and radicalized GOP that will grab power by any means necessary. But he right. isn't Trump and lacks the charisma. Who's been saying that
1: all this time? You have, Bob. You
3: have. Florida loves him, sure, but I doubt the country will. That's precisely what I've been talking about. I agree. Plus, Fred Gutenberg said, uh, It is truly surprising how uncomfortable Ron DeSantis looks on this debate stage. If this is what people should expect, he is not ready for a presidential stage. Thank you, guys. Yeah. How about that? Thank, Thank you. Good job, Bob. Thank you. I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated you stick, should. With, stick with me folks I, I sometimes right. know I what I'm to. talking about sometimes <laughs> sometimes and I still believe that Trump is not going to run for president in 2024 we're going to talk right. about that coming up here in a second because guess who else agrees with me on that
1: uh, well me because I think I was one of the first to say it but
3: yeah you Hal Sparks Kimberly <laughs> Johnson Mary Trump uh, oh really cool. yeah and now joined by Michael Cohen Ah, Michael Cohen agrees with us that Trump will not run for president in 2024, and his reasons are very similar to my reasons. We're going to talk about that here coming up in just a second. Plus, uh, Trump threatened reporters with prison rape. Mm -hmm. These are the reporters who are actively saying that, well, you know, Trump's kind of normal. I mean, we're going to just cover Trump like a normal guy. Yeah, both Both sides. sides. I mean, Trump's Mm -hmm. being crazy, but so are the Democrats. They're being crazy, too, just like Trump. No, no, no. Guess what? They're coming after you first. You're the enemies of the people, according to them. The first people that will be blackbagged and arrested under a fascistic Trump regime or whatever copycat walks into his shadow. Yes. And so we'll talk about this. And Trump saying it outright at his rally the other night. Uh, Plus, uh, one of uh, the many interesting things that Trump told Bob Woodward that we now have the tapes of. I'm not going to play the tape, but I've got the transcript of a discussion between Trump and Woodward about Trump's so-called plan to fight COVID. Yes. This is about 106 days out from the 2020 election. And he still hadn't devised anything. So we're going to talk about that, too. And a whole lot more coming up on our big uh, Tuesday show. But first, if you're pissed off at the people I was just talking about, if you're pissed off at cable news and other very serious political analysts these days, Here's a great way to support independent media, specifically this podcast, for just five bucks per month. You can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday shows. You also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each show. And speaking of that, let's talk about our brand new Patreon members, Paul Thoreau, Carolyn Biglow, uh, Julie, Mark Grossman, Michael Ziskin, all brand new to the roster of our Patreon members. So be like them. Sign up right now, support this show For $5 per month, just pennies per episode Don't miss out BobSeskaShow.com, bookmark it Send it to all your friends And we thank you in advance
8: What makes a life A good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's Pursuing your passion while striving to protect Defend and save what you believe in Every single day
5: listen to me when I say You better slow down Start changing your ways How can you be so blind To the things that
3: you're That's a brand new single from the great Dave Moulter
2: Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge,
3: It's called Trainwreck Like Ron DeSantis in the debate last night Trainwreck, that kind of trainwreck DaveMoulterMusic.com Link in the description of course BobSeska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. If you happen to be a musician, if you're in a band and you've got a demo, you've got singles that you're releasing, send them here. We'd love to play them. Uh, Thank you in advance for doing that. Okay, getting back into uh, things here on our Tuesday show. So uh, Trump threatened reporters with prison rape Mm -hmm. (laughs) for for leaking information. He was talking about the uh, Supreme Court leak. Notice how he talks in this clip. I found this uh, interesting. In fact, I think I kind of nailed what he's doing. He oh does this thing where he jumps back and forth from the prompter to commenting on yes. what he's seeing on the prompter.
1: Right. It, it, yeah, he reacts to it. he reads something and then he reacts to it like a child.
3: Yes, exactly. Or like like he's reading the text of a book and constantly jumping down to the footnotes. <laughs> Which is a, a terrible way to tell a story if you're jumping back and forth between the actual narrative and the footnotes. Well, regardless, this is Donald Trump threatening reporters with rape at his rally over the weekend. Yes, please keep going into diners and empowering these people.
4: You know, in this country, they leak all over the place, even on the Supreme Court. By the way, you have to find the leaker of the Supreme Court. You have to find the leaker. (laughs) You You know how you find the the leaker? They'll say, oh, this is treasonous, what I said. So they can't find the leaker. He leaked all about all about v. Wade. Look, uh, this person leaked from the Supreme Court. Never happened. You know how you find? But they don't want to mention this because they think it's so terrible. <laughs> oh, my God. He's so wow. stoned.
3: He is so yeah. high as a kite. <laughs> it is unbelievable. The amount of stimulants running through his aging veins at that moment Incredible. Listen to how fast he talks. Is, 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 is
1: that the Adderall? Is that what this is?
3: Yes. Doing? Oh, my God. Yeah, Randy Rhodes thinks it's straight-up meth. I <laughs> tend to disagree with that, but it's at least Adderall, or at least some kind of crushed-up Sudafed or some shit. Leaked
4: all about <laughs> Roe v. Wade. Look, uh, this person leaked from the Supreme Court, never happened. You know how you find, but never, never want to mention this because I think it's so terrible. <laughs> Jesus. You take the writer. Take the writer! You're never going to find <laughs> it. Other. They're going through phone records. It's been a long time. You take the writer and or the publisher of the paper, a certain paper that you know, and you say, who is the leaker? National security. And they say, we're not going to tell you. They say, "It's okay, you're going to jail. And when this person realizes that he is going to be the bride of another prisoner very shortly,
1: Audience loves that. He will say, Audience wow. loves it. Yeah. I'd
4: very much like to uh, tell you exactly who that leaker was, Bill Jones. I swear he's a leaker. And we got him. But they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. But that's the only way you're going to find. We have to find. Can you imagine they leak?
3: He is so mentally He's all up. over the road. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. all over the road. All over the he? place. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, here's another example where... You know, he did this a few weeks ago. He was talking about the N-word. He's like, you know what we say when we talk about the N-word? We're not talking about the real N-word. We're talking about something else. It's not really the N-word. But what we're saying about the (laughs) N-word... Oh is the nuclear. But the nuclear. The nuclear as far as Iran. The Iran deal was a disaster. Such a disaster, the Iran deal. The Iran deal, John Kerry needs to be arrested. And when we say the N-word, it's just uh-huh. like he's he's up and down. He's like Jiminy Fucking Glick. <laughs> he is like that Martin Short character where he's yes, up here and he's yes. like Matthew and Modine. And then he's <laughs> right. and so you know what I mean? Just constantly yes, I do. exactly all over the place. Like he's got no control over the cadence or volume of his voice. <laughs> the content of what he was saying, let that be a lesson. Let that be a le- that if you empower these people, like some of the th- reporters I was seeing on Twitter over the past few days talking about, hey, you know what, don't condescend to his tr- supporters. Don't, right. don't belittle or diminish what their concerns mm-hmm. are. You know what, you know what that's going to get you? That sort of kid gloves behavior yeah, when it comes fascism. to the movement. Fascism. Being arrested as dissidents for opposing the regime. How many times does he have to say enemies of the people? How many times does he have to threaten you as a reporter with prison rape if you dare publish a story that's been leaked to you by a source? Unless you reveal that source, he is vowing to shove you in a prison where you are going to evidently he's describing uh you're going to be relentlessly raped
1: as a it, it, consequence it does no service to the nation for the media to keep uh, trying to win the audience that they have long and forever lost uh there, there's you know the fact that the media is trying to placate the right uh is a, is a fruitless effort because mm-hmm. it isn't going to work and it's a disservice to the country because it's pulling punches on what should be said By journalists. I think it's journalism's job to hold government and to hold politicians, uh, would be governors, to account. Uh, and and it's, it's not doing that. It's just not doing it. It's broken. I, I, you know, I, we can look as historically why. I, I still think the answer is education. Uh, it's hard to focus on that priority right now when there are so many others, but it's our failure of education that got us where we are today because where education lacks, disinformation floods in.
3: And one of the things that I think that we forget about and that is, I think, merely because of the fire hose of news, because the rate at which all of the awful things come at yeah. us, it's difficult to uh, keep all those plates spinning. But one of the things that popped off my screen uh, this past couple of days is a, a transcript from a conversation between Bob Woodward and Donald Trump. They nice. uh, Woodward just released the, the entire, like an, an entire audio recording of all of his conversations with Donald Trump, or many of them, I think, carefully curated to make certain points and so on. But Trump told Bob Woodward, with 106 days to go before the election, that he had a plan for COVID, but he wasn't going to unveil it until it was closer to the election. Right. Uh, Hundreds of thousands of people were dying, Americans. Mm -hmm. Trump said, Bob, you'll see the plan over the next four weeks. And Woodward says, this is what. And Trump says, you will see the plan, Bob. I've got 106 days. That's a long time. You know, if I put out a plan now, people won't even remember it. People won't even remember it in 100. I won the last election in the last week. Essentially saying that what he may do is save his COVID plan until the last week before the 2020 election. Right. Then Woodward says, no, no, but it's not just putting out the plan. It's executing, isn't it? And Trump said, no, I am executing it. You'll see it starting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but after it's too late, after the, the fucking right. horse has already left the gate, the pattern had been set in February, for God's sake, when he told Bob Woodward, yeah, yeah, I, I know about it. This is a really scary thing, but eh, I don't want to cause a panic. I'm not going to do anything about it.
1: Right and and Trump must be held to account for that uh I know yeah. that congressional committees are and have been investigating this to put together Uh, Report and recommended actions Um, uh, I hope that Leads to something I I don't know if There will ever be a criminal charge for this But there's no question uh, that Trump's Responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths And yet that always uh, Not that it matters if we outvote them But that falls on deaf ears Among Trump supporters uh, many of Whom still don't even believe there Is such a disease. Hundreds of Thousands
3: of deaths within 2020 Alone in the first few weeks Of 2021 Uh, And then, of course, we're at well over a million American deaths now. But on Trump's watch, we're talking about 400,000, almost exactly 400,000 dead Americans during his final year in office. Just an atrocity. And the fact that he's still getting support, the fact that there's still this hands-off view of him by some in the news media— It's just an amazing thing to behold, given the fact that hundreds of thousands of people died on his watch, that he established a trend in this country of, oh, yeah, fuck the pandemic. Uh, Yeah, fuck the rules. Fuck the uh, protocols. We don't need any of that shit. We're not going to do that. We're going to liberate Ohio and Michigan and Virginia and make sure no one has to do the things that you have to do to be a responsible member of society. Wearing a mask. When the vaccines became available, getting vaccines. Social distancing. uh, Making sure to not do certain things, not to get too close. Uh, And
1: and now it's really too late because everyone's dug in. Uh, Yeah. Yeah people are in the you and i will continue to wear masks because an epidemiologist has said it's time to mask up again that's good enough for me we're already seeing a rise in covid cases while we're seeing the highest rate of influenza cases that we've ever seen at this time of year this is for adults a double pandemic with the srv that you've heard about Mm -hmm. uh it's a triple pandemic for children Uh, these are dangerous times uh those of us who i think are uh, coming down on the side of wisdom, are, are continuing and will continue to wear masks.
3: Mm-hmm. Republicans are desperately trying to shift blame onto Dr. Fauci. They're trying mm-hmm. to say that, well, more They'll people- do will investigate him. Yeah, more people died under Joe Biden than Donald Trump. Well, you know what? Joe Biden's been president for longer during COVID than Donald Trump was. Second of all, it's Republicans who are mainly dying. That's Republicans true. who refuse to get the vaccine. Do you know why? To own the libs, to say, fuck you, Brandon, or whatever they're saying. Right That's why that's happening that way And Donald As you said Donald Trump set the standard He used the presidency He used the bully pulpit To set the trend Early, early on You don't have to do the right thing And I say As president I
1: say so Right, and he he permanently screwed the pooch on this. This isn't a temporary thing. We are stuck with this. And Mm -hmm. and whether or not he's ever held a criminal account for this, I don't know. Get in line uh, with the other prosecutors. But history will certainly make note of this. Uh, It it is being investigated. There will be a a final judgment on this uh, that will go into the history books for whatever good that does us uh, because we continue to fail to learn from past
3: history. Well, when you talk about Donald Trump, you talk about his party too. He runs yeah. the party. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he is yeah, yeah, yeah. the Absolutely. head of the party. They're yeah. all following behind him. They're That's all right. picking the up saddest. at top. The t- yeah, they're mm-hmm. all copycats of Donald Trump, the entire right. party from top to bottom, uh, irrespective of what they may say about him in private, in public, right. they're all about Donald Trump and not pissing right. off Donald Trump and his supporters. So, consequently, the punishment for 400,000 dead Americans up to over a million dead Americans should land squarely in the laps of every single Republican in the this country and the punishment doesn't have to be criminal. It doesn't have to be legal charges filed. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. It can just be sending the Republican Party as it stands right now off to pasture. Okay, you know what? You people want to act like children. You're going to go over there in your playpen. We're going to keep you in your playpen and you can suck on your binkies and scream all your grievances. But meantime, the adults are going to be over here. We're going to do the business of government over here. You can go fuck around over there all you want. We're not going to pay attention to you. That ought ought to be the attitude from American voters
1: and that's the goal. But unless yeah. we fail to overwhelm the Republicans two yeah. weeks from today, uh, the first thing they're going to do, um, one of the first things they're going to do, is investigate Dr. Fauci. Right, right. Uh, these are, and and uh, impeach Joe Biden and kill Social Security and Medicare and so much more. Uh, I know there's a lot of enthusiasm out there. I'm excited about the early voting. The polls are showing it still too close to call, which is kind of funny. And now even the pollsters are sick about it Mm -hmm. uh uh, they just because they they feel their hands are tied they can't they can't make a call here because it's too damn close that's why every single vote counts and we have two weeks to get the job done
3: well here's something to make you feel a little better about the election just something i've observed over the past few days especially which is that republicans think they're going to win they're already measuring the drapes as they say you know and the speaker of the house's office and so on they already think that they're going to win and they're telegraphing this attitude through cable news through their usual sources on down to their own voters that is only why why do you think i say don't get happy every election year because i'm concerned about complacency leading to diminished turnout plus as i've been saying Elections are decided by one or two percentage points. At most, sometimes it's half a percentage point. And so, therefore, those kinds of swings actually make a big difference in an election. All you need to do is increase turnout to one or two percent beyond the other guys, and you can win. And any sort of depression of that turnout could signify a massive, catastrophic loss for the Republican Party. So please keep going. Please keep, keep telling your followers, your voters, that th- this is a shoe in that you're going right. to take over Congress, and then that's going to be that, and here's well, what you're going to do, and and being overconfident in the process. That's And
1: I, I hate to be the glass-half-empty guy today, because that's not usually my role, but their expression of certainty, uh, their confidence going into this election— gives them more grounds for objecting to the results Mm -hmm. uh, when the election is over. So, uh, you know, be prepared for a number of eventualities here. I don't think there's anybody listening who doesn't know that this ride isn't over yet.
3: Right. Well, uh, here's some other good news. Turns out Michael Cohen agrees with me, he agrees with Hal Sparks, he agrees with Kimberly Johnson, agrees with Mary Trump. Some of us have been saying for a while now, and and you've been saying it too, that Trump is not going to run in 2024. Right. It would be financially suicidal for Donald Trump to run in 2024, given the fact that there are, one, about 20, maybe more, legal cases stacked up against him, Mm -hmm. of which the RNC is financing... I think minus the Mar-a-Lago espionage situation, the RNC is paying his legal bills for everything else that's on the table right now. If he runs for president that goes away. They have already said, the RNC has pledged that they will no longer pay Trump's legal bills if he runs for president because they would be playing favorites. The other candidates would want the RNC to cover their legal bills or to give them the equivalent amount of money so that it was even And the RNC is never going to do that. So they said, well, we're just going to cut off Trump's legal bills if he runs. I think it's a backdoor way of forcing Trump out of the 2024 scenario. That's just my, so. my theory. Works. The other thing is, he loses access to Save America Pack and this gigantic cash cow that he's tapped into. And that is all of these suckers who continuously are giving right. him money because right. of the big lie and Save America Pack and all the rest of it. So here's Michael Cohen describing to Reed Gallen from the Lincoln Project why Trump will not run again.
6: The great grift would be over. Right now, he's pulling down numbers that he's never seen, even at the height of The Apprentice. He's pulling down $150, 200000000 for his super PAC, which if you read the fine print, he's permitted to use $0.90 cents of every dollar, 90% of all the funds at his sole discretion. He can go out tomorrow and buy himself a new airplane. He can go buy himself a house. He can do whatever he wants with that money and it's not violative of the super PAC. So for every dollar you give, only 10 cents of every dollar goes to politics. That all comes to an end.
3: He sounded a little bit like Vinnie Barbarino there.
6: (laughs) Oh, well, I understand Comes down to a dollar. It's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) If he makes a formal announcement. Uh On top of that, and more importantly, or of equal import, is the fact that statistically, he knows he can't win. Mm -hmm. While he has significant base. And that base is waning every single day. Donald's biggest fear is being a two time loser. You ever want to upset Donald? Call him a loser. (laughs) It's a word he can't stomach. He hates it.
3: What was I talking about uh, right before the 2020 election that I was looking mm-hmm. forward to calling Donald Trump a one-term loser on Twitter? Right, and, right. Then he got, and then he got banned from Twitter and social media for being a danger to society. So I was mm. deprived of that, but then we also got <laughs> him banned. So that's also,
6: also good. Knowing that he would lose and be a two-time loser and at the same time lose the great grift and being a power player. Where people have to come to kiss his ring at Mar-a-Lardo or wherever else that fucking asshole is at. Stuffing his face with burgers and ice cream. That's what he wants. (laughs) Now, he would prefer to be president, but only if he would be given the presidency. He doesn't want to have to run for it again. That's exactly right. Thank you, Michael Cohen. Says who? Yeah, I know.
1: You know, I, I like a lot of people. I'm conflicted about Michael Cohen because on one hand, he, he is or at least was a crook uh, and, and a thug lawyer. He says was, a, he, he was a, a jerk of a lawyer. Uh, but now <laughs> that he's sort of freed from all that, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> says who? Buzz yeah, says. Yeah. He is yes. a lot of
3: fun. Yeah, because he knows Donald Trump. He worked in the same room with Donald Trump for many, many years. He was fucked over by Donald Trump. He knows how Donald Trump operates. He knows how Donald Trump operates from a personality point of view. He knows how he operates from a financial point of view. This guy's got his finger on the pulse of Donald Trump, Trump. which is kind of gross. I would not want to have (laughs) my finger on Donald Trump's. Pulse, (laughs) But uh, regardless, I think that this goes a long way toward vindicating what I've been saying, what Hal's been saying, what you've been saying, Buzz, and Mm -hmm. so many others with regard to 2024. That's not to say that I'm complacent about this. That's not to say that I'm unprepared for the possibility that he actually will run. We have to prepare for the worst at all times. because even then,
1: his campaign could be interrupted by indictment or illness. Uh, Any number of things could happen.
3: Well, the thing is, though, if he does run, you have to be emotionally ready for that. Yeah. And likewise,
1: <laughs> us if, or him.
3: <laughs> well, likewise, two weeks from tonight, if things go haywire, we have to uh-huh. be emotionally ready for that. And yeah, pop off. Yeah. yeah. And also, there's going to be a period of time, uh, the evening of November 8th, when it's going to look like all hope is lost. It was that way in 2018. It was that way, certainly in 2020, where there was a period of time where we're like, oh, fuck, what's going
1: on? In-person voting where Republicans lead in numbers uh, will be counted first. And Mm -hmm. so that's why it will look grim. The mail-in votes, uh, the, the early votes that were submitted uh, primarily by Democrats, will be counted after that. And uh, that, of course, unfortunately, gives them an opportunity to say, hey, we were winning and then something hinky happened and we lost. Yes. Uh, uh, but we didn't really because it was really cheating because there were mail-in ballots and all mm-hmm. of that. You know, we've been through this before. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that's what, I think that we can expect any version of that.
3: I think at the end of the day we're going to be happy with the results. It's going to be close. I, I, it's going to yeah, I, there's, it's going to be yes. yeah, by the skin of your teeth but I mean ultimately I've got think a it's chance. Turn out okay.
1: I, I think we will, you know, uh, and this is really taking a stand, isn't it? I think we'll have some wins, and I think we'll have some losses. That's oh, good! What way, I way to go out on a limb. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can you can write that down and date it.
3: <laughs> what you don't want to do is be standing there stunned like Ron DeSantis with Marsha going
2: Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a
1: nerd. Oh, what a what a palooka!
3: All right, well, we are way late for a break. Let's take a short break, and when we come back, I got to make fun of Larry Kudlow a little bit because it's, <laughs> oh, please, It is so much fun. Okay, back with more show right after these
8: words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
6: Says who?
3: Says who? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the great Matt Springfield, a with an assist from uh, Michael Cohen. Weirdly, says who? Nah, I, was just, I <laughs> threw that in there. Um, yeah, it's a song called Haunted. We play this every October for obvious reasons this is the synth version of the song never ah.
1: never be heard before here on the show
2: yeah love it great See, I would
6: song. like yeah. I
1: would like him and Michael Cohen to be my next door neighbors
6: <laughs> really says who um, yeah link in the
3: description to support Matt Springfield Download this song here. Again, it's called Haunted. BobSuska.com slash music to submit to the show. And as I've been saying all along here, we're playing full-length versions of all these songs at the end of the free show. So stick around. If you love the music, we'll give you a full taste of each of these tracks uh, at the end of the show. Okay. Let's see. Where do we pick up? Uh, Oh, yeah. First of all, God. Oh, my God. I can't believe we waited this long to do this. Steve Bannon going to prison for four months for contempt of Ah, Congress, although... I think the appeals process is going to drag out and drag out longer and longer and longer.
1: one, well, thing, one of the things, his lawyers are, are claiming uh, unusual cruelty uh, in, yeah. in this punishment uh, because uh, he's only being allowed to wear one jumpsuit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I also saw a tweet the other day from uh, Moving Sideways on Twitter. It's the name <laughs> of the account. And they wrote about this uh, sentence, say what you will about Steve Bannon, but there's no denying the fact that he is by far the most successful Mucinex booger.
1: I thought that was outstanding. It'll be remembered and uh, later do birthday parties and butt (laughs) misses.
3: Okay, uh, let's see what else is going on here. Oh, Larry Kudlow, as you know, last week.
1: Shouldn't we we prepare a cocktail before doing the Larry Kudlow segment?
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Get get your mimosas ready. Uh, Liz Truss last week resigned as Prime Minister of England, uh, after just 45 days, because her conservative supply-side economic policies
1: turned out to be a gigantic fail. Fail. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I saw Liz. somebody point out. I saw somebody point out that's 4.1 Scaramucci's. That she served.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, Larry Kudlow is uh-huh. on record back in September. Yes. I think it was September 23rd of this year, right as Liz Truss uh, was elevated to prime minister just mm-hmm. absolutely praising Liz Truss's economic policies which I god damn I love the shot in front of this here's Larry Kudlow back on September
9: 23rd Greenland Wait, is a strategic oh, place wrong tape. up there god, and god. Uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals <laughs> i don't want to predict an outcome uh, i'm just saying the president uh, who knows a thing or two about buying real estate, wants to take a look at low interest rates, no inflation, inflation, virtually no (laughs) no inflation, (laughs) Chuck Todd. So I actually think it's a pretty good story. And again, let me echo my theme. Let's not be afraid of some optimism.
3: Don't be afraid of optimism, Buzz.
9: Larry, can we get you a cab? (laughs) Oh, man.
3: (laughs) I just, I love how he refers to Dana Perino as Chuck Todd. That is the absolute best part of that tape. Here's the real tape of Larry Kudlow talking about Liz Truss's economic plan back in September.
9: The U.S. midterm elections cavalry arrived early in London. London. What do I mean by that? Well, the new British Prime Minister Liz Truss has laid out a terrific supply-side economic growth plan. Which looks a lot like the basic thrust of Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America plan. (laughs) Let's start with trust. She is slashing tax rates and deregulating energy. I just love it. That's the liberal business.
3: She's deregulating energy.
1: Is what she's doing. She's gonna- and that's
9: the sober Larry, by
1: the way.
3: That's- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what's amazing. He's got a dear, dear, and energy.
9: This media, this is wonderful. The liberal business media, you know I'm talking about, is now trashing her plan. That tells me Truss yeah. has it exactly right. Uh-huh. Thank you, Larry.
1: <laughs> that's how you want your economic advisor to evaluate uh, economic <laughs> data, is if the other side is saying it, it must be wrong uh and and it's you know it's it's the trickle down theory, and, mm-hmm. and no colloquialism addresses the trickle down theory better than don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining <laughs> uh, we Americans know very well now how the trickle down theory really works, which is that it doesn't work, and that's what Liz Truss just got kicked out of office for. That's why she had to leave in shame after a month and a half, because she tried the Republican method of trickle-down economics.
3: What you really want is you want to take a failed economic policy and Mm -hmm. couple that with the domestic economic policy of the Republican Party. Thank you so much, Larry Kudlow, for drawing the comparison between Liz Truss Russ's ridiculous failed supply-side bullshit with Kevin McCarthy's new plan Commitment for to America. 2023 yeah. and on. Holy shit, that is a brilliant, brilliant bit of and audio. We
1: should be, we should all be online and in public uh, campaigning on that very thing. Yeah. It's up to us to campaign. It's up to us to get the word out on this. Point out that Liz Truss just got her ass handed to her because she tried the Republican method, the method that Republicans want to put into effect if they win two weeks from today.
3: I mean, once again, how often do the Republicans have to be wrong about shit for people to finally figure out that they don't have anything well, to say but Bob, about gas policy. Prices. Yeah. Gas, pro- gas
1: prices, Bob.
3: <laughs> yeah, but gas prices. Sure.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: Yes, we're angry. Err gas is three seventy nine a gallon. Err, throw the right. bums out. Let's have fascism instead. That's a great idea. Let's bring in these guys who have this uh, economic policy that involves collapsing the American economy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we need in this country, you know, to solve the economy.
2: <sighs> Baton Rouge, yeah. Baton Rouge
3: I froze yeah. there for a second Anything
1: help, yeah we need, we, well it's just a sign we need help we, was, we all clearly need help
3: I was staring into the camera and Marsha had to say Baton Rouge, <laughs> Baton Rouge Alright <laughs> By the way, um, saw a poll uh, the other day Indicating uh-huh. that 9% of Americans think democracy is working extremely or very well but while 52% say it's not working well, and 37% say it's working somewhat well. Sort of like uh, making your own salad at a salad bar, then complaining about the incompetence <laughs> of whoever made the salad. <laughs> That's basically uh, what we're talking about here. 9%, only 9% think it's, a, it's working extremely well. When you, when, you ma- when you make stupid decisions at the ballot box, and then say, why are things so stupid? It's like george carlin's garbage in garbage out thing these these elected leaders don't appear from another dimension we elect them and then we put them in place and then we go who are these assholes
1: we we can only hold on to the historical truth that the democrats aren't usually actually punished for the condition of the economy we've got two weeks it's up to us let's do this
3: absolutely okay coming up next is the shadow docket portion of the program if you're a new listener here's what happens uh, this music gets done playing. We wrap up the show. Uh, for those of you who are free show listeners, you get a couple of songs that we play during the show, just clips of, and then we play the full-length songs. But then what happens is something called the Shadow Docket. It's actually the the third, the, the final third of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, that all happens on our Patreon page. And the only way you can listen is to sign up for our Patreon page at $5 per month. $5 per month. And you get two Shadow Docket shows every week. Plus, you get access to the comments under each episode on the Patreon page. Plus, uh, you get the Patreon app. And plus, uh, it's a great way to communicate with me, too. So go and do that. com or Patreon.com slash show, Or very easily, you can go to BobSuska.com. And just beneath the logo, you'll see the link for Patreon. And that'll take you right there so you can sign up.
1: It's the part of the show with the happy ending. (laughs) That's exactly right, so to speak. Kind of. All right. (laughs) Shadow Docket coming up next. See you over there,
3: folks. Bye-bye.
5: Oh, it's a sin